Welcome to the Rock House Baptist Church Podcast. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and challenges you to grow closer to God and to share Him with others. If you would like to find out more about this church or how you can connect, grow, and go, then be sure to check us out online at rockhousebaptist.org. And now, today's message. This message this morning, I wanted to encourage you, though. The battle belongs not to us, but to you, Lord, as we sing. Hey, I can't think of any other thing to say this morning, but thank you, Lord, for saving my life. How about that? And he's going to say many more. <laughs> he's going to say many more. And listen, this is not new times. I know they say it's new, and it somewhat is. Ain't, I guess COVID-19 ain't been around very long. I don't know. I don't have a science degree. I do know this. There was a man by the ne- there was a man by the name of Nehemiah that we're going to talk about this morning that walked right into something very similar that we're in, folks. There was ridicule and there was mockery, there was discouragement. But let me tell you, he was a praying man with his heart chasing after God, just like King David. And the victory was won. But he won it through prayer. Let's talk about the sermon this morning. It's titled A Heart to Work. Some Bibles might say a mind to work. If you have your Bibles or your cell phones or whatever you'd like to tune in with, turn your Bibles to Nehemiah chapter 4. We're going to read verses 1 through 6. There's going to be a lot of scripture this morning because, you know, as I was studying this week and had my heart really set on the Lord, I probably prayed more than ever. So if this sermon's terrible, I don't know who to blame it on. Um, No, I'm just kidding. It's in his his power. But um, listen. I opened up the book, and I, have you ever done this? Have you ever opened up the Bible, and you're going through a trying time, and all of a sudden God says, boom, right here it is. You didn't have to flip no further. It's right here for you. Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. Remember, this is a humbling message, yet encouraging. Hang on with me to the end. Verse 1, chapter 4, it says, Now it came about that when Sam Ballot heard that we were rebuilding the wall, He became furious and very angry and mocked the Jews. He spoke in the presence of his brothers and wealthy men of Samaria and said, What are these feeble, some Bibles say pathetic, Jews doing? Are they going to restore it for themselves? Can they offer sacrifices? Can't you just hear them slapping their knee? Here we go, these old Christians. (laughs) Can they finish in a day? Can they revive the stones from the dusty rubble, even the burned ones? Now Tobiah, the Ammonite, was near him and said, Even what they are building, if a fox should jump on it, he would break their stone wall down. And I love Nehemiah's response. While they're throwing darts, he didn't turn and throw them back. He turned to the Lord. He said, Hear, O our God, how we are despised. Return the reproach on their own heads and give them up for plunder in a land of captivity. He's not holding back. Do not forgive their iniquity and let their sin be blotted out before you, for they have demoralized the builders. Verse 6, so we built the wall, and the whole wall was joined together to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. I want to talk to you about a mind and a heart and a spirit to work for Jesus Christ this morning. Let me go to you in prayer. I'm going to repeat what Kyle said because the Spirit's talking right to me, brother. Thank you. 
Father God, we thank you so much for your love and your mercy. Lord, I thank you for this word. I thank you for these people. Lord, I'm going to make this short and sweet, Father. Let everything be said and done here today. Bring honor and glory to your name. Father, let us take it out, as Sister Molly said. Don't let it stop at this altar. Lord, if we're true Christians, the battle seven days a week, not just on one. Lord, we love and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Let me start by saying this. And Kyle said it. We're far too discouraged in this world, aren't we? Can get amen. We need more encouragement. More encouragement. Let me take a second to brag on Rock House. You're doing a good job. You're reaching people and you don't even know it. But let me say this. Can we do a little more for the Lord? Oh, sure we can. I stopped by, and I'm going to credit Miss Elizabeth. She likes to. Elizabeth's always pushing me as a Christian, and she don't know it, but I really love it. Elizabeth, thank you. She's always saying we need to reach more people, and she's right. Well, I stopped by this sweet lady. Y'all might know her, Miss Becky. <coughs> stopped by her house this week, and in five minutes, I'm no tech savvy, but I had something fixed for her, and she got to listen to the last two Sunday school messages that she hadn't. And where do I go with that? It's not about me. But she's been texting me for praising Jesus, praising Jesus. I got to hear Brother Paul again, you know. I mean, it's just little things like that. And that's encouraged me to start stopping by visiting some people. There's some people, you know, a lady lives right across the road here that needs some encouragement in this day and time. So let's not be discouraged. Let's take our encouragement because we know the battle's won and take it for the Lord. Now, here's the thing. I know you believe that. And if you believe that, you have to understand that the devil is doing what right now? He, he's in opposition. When the people, when God's people rise to work, all of hell rises in, in opposition, don't they? I mean, it ain't easy. If it was easy, we'd go out here and we'd travel across the, the seas and there wouldn't be uh, nobody killing anybody over being a Christian. But let me tell you something this morning. I'm going to be clear. This is my first point this morning. When God's people has a heart to work, they cannot be stopped. They cannot be stopped. Again, that doesn't mean the devil won't rise up. But let me tell you this. The bigger the goal or task that God puts on your heart, the bigger the opposition is going to come. It ain't going to be easy. When he's going to do a great work in you, <laughs> there's going to be great opposition. Please know that. Now, here's the thing. There's been some people that I know, strong people, that have failed when ridicule and mockery have came their way discouragement has came their way but I would guarantee if you went back and asked them what would you do different they would say I'd pray a little more Billy Graham maybe the greatest of all time preachers on his deathbed if you could change one thing what would you do he said I'd played a little less golf and this and that but I'd prayed a little more I get amen amen Here's the thing. When we commit to faithfully serving God, he gives us these God-sized goals that only can be accomplished if we're in a God-sized prayer. Okay? Now, here's the thing about ridicule. <laughs> How many people in here have been made fun of or ridiculed or criticized? And if you don't raise your hand, I don't want to call you a liar from the, from the pulpit. <laughs> but you're telling a lie this morning, okay? You're telling a lie. And here's the thing about ridicule. It can come from your family. <laughs> Sorry, not, not my mom back there, my sweet mom. I'm not calling her out, okay? Uh, it can come from your friends, your co-workers, your teachers at school, your, these professors that know everything when you go off to college. Hear me, Riley, okay? Your community members. Sometimes these people don't want what's best for you. 
And it's not necessarily what's best for you. They're really challenging who? The Lord. They're not in the middle of God's will, as Brother Mac likes to say. So let me tell you this this morning. Disappointments are inevitable. You're going to be let down by people. You're going to be let down by um, the associate pastor. You're going to be let down by anybody and everybody. But discouragement is a choice. Don't let it be discouraged. Don't let it discourage you because you've got Jesus in your heart. You're going to go on, I promise. Now, here's the thing. The Bible tells us this. The servant is not greater than the master. If Jesus was ridiculed and he faced persecution, what makes you think you're not going to? If he died on a cross and he was the greatest thing ever, and he was and still is, what makes you think you're going to walk through this life with no persecution, no trouble, no hardships. If you look at verse 2, look, it jumps right into it. Sam Ballot, I mean, just calls them pathetic, straight up. Says they're feeble, okay? And you know what? By worldly standards, guess what? We probably are. We're made fun of. We're mocked. But check this out. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27, the apostle Paul writes this. Gosh, I love it. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame that which are strong. It may look like we can lose, but we can't. We're not going to. Romans 8.31 says, What shall we say of these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Amen. Amen. There's a fellow by the name of uh, Woodrow Wilson. Y'all may know, have heard of him. I don't know if they're teaching history and well, they ain't teaching nothing in schools right now, are they? Let me back up. I know because I'm there. Uh, you know, I ain't teaching a thing. Riding a mountain bike all the time. But anyway, that's besides the point. The Woodrow Wilson said this. He said, I'd rather lose in a cause that will someday win than win in a cause that will someday lose. You may be persecuted for Jesus Christ, but know that someday, and even in that moment you're winning, you may not feel like it, someday you're fighting a battle of victory. Now, here's the thing. Scripture shows us right here, they're talking about, uh, they're mocking them, they're talking about the futility of the job. The job is pointless, is what they're saying. Why would you try to do that? And they're making fun of their faith. Not that anybody that's a Christian gets their faith made fun of, right? Sam Ballot uses these five different things, and, and let's throw Tobiah in there. Let's break it down. Verse 2, let's break it down. What are these feeble Jews doing? Right there, he's calling out their character. What are they doing? Have we ever been that person? What are they doing going across seas, telling people about Jesus? What are they doing? That's crazy. Will they restore the wall? Now he's calling out their commitment to the Lord. Will they offer sacrifices? Talking about their faith. Will they finish in a day? They ain't too smart, evidently. Can they revive the stones and bring them back to life? Just straight up calling them foolish. But any true Christian, you ha as a true Christian, you have to know that ridicule's coming. It's not going to be easy. And if you aren't being ridiculed right now, <laughs> don't think you've got away with it. Because it's going to come. I heard an old preacher say as I was studying this week, he said, anyone who stands by the commander in the battle will surely be fired upon. If you're standing with Jesus Christ, it's coming. But here's the thing. They ridicule you because of this. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 says, For the word, some Bibles say, 
preaching. For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are what? Perishing. It's foolishness to them. They don't understand. But, maybe my favorite word in the Bible sometimes, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. They don't see it. They don't know the love of Jesus Christ. They don't understand what he can do for them, the power that he has in his blood. Amen, Brother Steve. I know I hear you out there. Let me tell you this, though. <laughs> Guys, be confident. Don't be confident in the flesh. Be confident in the Lord. He loves you. How many in here is a whosoever? You know what I'm talking about? Whosoever. Believe. Amen. There was a fellow by the name of Henry Ironside, a great Bible preacher in his day, uh, a teacher of the Word, uh, fought many battles. You can Google him. I didn't know much about him till this week. I started uh, doing some research. But he tells of a time that um, when he took a ferry boat from Oakland, California to San Francisco, California, just across the bay there, they're pretty close, and he said, while... Well, he was on the boat. He started singing hymns and talking about the Lord. And before he knew it, there was a few more people chiming in, you know, nothing but, I don't know if they were singing that, the blood of Jesus, but uh, I can just imagine it probably be the first one I sang. Um, and he said, uh, the old skipper of the boat said, uh, listen, buddy, what are you doing? We're trying to have a nice ride here just across the bay. We don't want to hear all that nonsense. Oh, Ironside responded. He said, you know what? We're Christians singing to the Lord. Old boy responded, no, no, you're not. You're fools. Old Ironside responded, you're exactly right. Fools for Christ, but whose fool are you? You see, folks, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. Let me challenge you today, as Brother Kyle said, there's no other time, as Pastor Tyler said, as a time such as this it's now <laughs> it's in your backyard your front yard uh it's on netflix i try to watch netflix all the time maybe something pop up there and i go well my goodness i swear it can't even let my girls watch this here's the thing though something as i was studying this week ridicule was all through the scripture for me ridicule but people ridicule you <laughs> as a substitute for reasoning if they can't reason with you or make you go to their side, guess what's coming? Ridicule. That's just the truth. And if they laugh at you, it's a substitute for logic. <laughs> they can't figure out why we preach Christ Jesus. They can't figure out why we serve Christ Jesus. Why would Brother Dan go down confluence taking food to people who don't know Jesus? Why would you do that? So if they can't make any logic of it, guess what they're going to do? They're going to laugh at you. And that's just part of it. But Apostle Paul writes this in 3.18, Philippians 3.18. <laughs> Pastor Tyler said this uh, a couple months back, and I thought, holy moly. For as I have often told you, he says, and now tell you even again with tears, many, not few, but many, live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Of the cross of Christ. Folks, we're to love them. 
But here's the, here's the truth. I'm just going to be honest with you. You've probably heard this before. As Christians, you're not only known by the friends you make, but also by your enemies. I'm not saying love everybody. I'm not, I'm, you go, you love them. You love them when times are tough. You, you love them when they're unlovable because God did the same for you as Brother Kyle said this morning. But let me say this. You have to, you're going to have to stand on one side of the fence. You can't straddle it for the Lord. He didn't give it all for you to go, maybe I, I don't know how to, I don't know if I, I don't know. The Word is the Word, and it is the Word of God. And He was in the beginning <laughs> when everything was created. Here's the thing. It's a harsh truth that we've got to agree with that we're going to make some enemies. In Acts chapter 5, verse 40 through 42, we're going to quote some scripture, and I'm just going to show you in scripture what they did to our Lord and Savior and the apostles because they took a stand. They didn't straddle the fence. Just some background in Acts chapter 5. It says when the high priest was coming, he was calling in the apostles. He was going to kill them, get rid of them, because they was out spreading the name of Jesus Christ and telling people about the Lord. Okay? But there was a man by the name of Gamaliel. I've been practicing that all week. Gamaliel. Bible said he was a Pharisee and a respected man. Okay? And he stood up and he said this in front of the council. At this time, the apostles were moved out of the, the face of the council. They wasn't in the building or in the place, whatever it was. He said, you know, many prophets like this Jesus have come, but they failed. And then their followers scattered. He says, but if he was Christ, and they were following God, we're fighting against God. And we'll never be able to overthrow him. And then verse 40 comes. It says, they took his advice. And after calling the apostles in, they flogged them and ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and then released them. <laughs> verse 41, I love this. So they went on their way from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they had been considered worthy to suffer shame for his name. And every day in the temple, and from house to house, they kept right on teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Amen? That's us. That's what we got to do. The great pastor Adrian Rogers said, if you aren't being ridiculed, keep it a secret because you're probably walking in the same way as the devil. How powerful is that? If you're not facing any opposition for Jesus, maybe stand on the side of the road and hold up a sign. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> but you better take a stand for him, brother. And sisters. Now let's take a moment and let's look at Mark chapter 5, verse 40. And we're going to go through what they did to our Lord and Savior. Just so you know that what you're doing is not in vain for Jesus. Verse 40 says, They began laughing at him. And this was when he came in and he told them the little girl isn't dead, she's only sleeping. Luke chapter 22, verses 63 through 65. It says, now the men who were holding Jesus in custody were mocking him and beating him. And they blindfolded him and were asking him, saying, prophesy, who's the one who hit you? <laughs> and they were saying many other things against him, blaspheming. 
It goes on in the next chapter, Luke 23, verse 35 through 37. And the people stood by looking on. Don't let that be you. Don't, don't let that be you. And the people stood by looking on. And even the rulers were sneering at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if this is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers mocked him, coming up to him, offering him sour wine. Some Bibles will say vinegar. And saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. I don't know about you, but as I was praying through this and thinking, I know the lashes on the back hurt. <laughs> I know the crown of thorns hurt. But I could only imagine <laughs> that the mockery they were putting him through truly, truly hurt him even worse. I say all this <laughs> because here's how our Lord responded, and here's the reward that he promises us. If you look at verse 4 through Six of Nehemiah. He says, Hear, O God, just a reminder, how we are despised. Return their approach on their own heads and give them up for plunder in the land of captivity. Do not forgive their iniquity and let their sin be blotted out before you, for they have demoralized the builders. Look, when they demoralize the builders, Nehemiah is essentially saying, Look, they're not only making fun of us, but God, they're making fun of you. He says, So we built the wall. And the whole wall was joined together, half its height, for the people had a mind or a heart to work. I love how Nehemiah handled it. He simply told God on him, kind of like a bully at school, Mr. Shepherd. not that you've ever had that come up your way or anything, but he just turned and told God on him. <laughs> and as Christians, you got to understand we're being watched and how we respond. You know, if we respond negatively... It's going to be a five-second clip of our response, don't you? It ain't going to be the whole story, okay? It ain't going to be the whole story. It's going to be took out of context. But let me tell you this. The battle is not won by throwing sharp barbs at people. The battle is won on your knees in prayer. Prayer, folks, is the battle. It's not what you face it's what you pray. That is your battle. That is our battle. And if you look at a memory verse that we had a few weeks ago in our readings coming up, um, you see how Jesus Christ handled the ridicule and the mockery. And the Apostle Paul, or Apostle Peter, I'm sorry, he, he nailed it. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 23. This is how our Lord handled it. When he was insulted... He did not insult in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. Folks, that's how you handle it. Well, you can throw, I'd say Jughead can throw fist to cuffs the best up till he runs up middle for it, probably. But that ain't going to win it, right, Jug? You better be praying for him. You better be praying for them. There's a many time people in my family I wanted just to take out back, you know. That ain't going to work. You better be a praying for them. That's your battle. That's our battle. And we're going to close with this. When you talk about reward, I want to tell you all the rewards. It's not just heaven. 
Salvation isn't just uh, a gift at the end of the race, but it's the prize to run the race. Here's the thing. Jesus said on Sermon on the Mount in chapter 5, verse 11 through 12, this is your reward. Take it from him, not from me. Take it from him. Verse 11 says, you are blessed. Hear that? Blessed. When they insult you and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. I've heard it before. They're not denying Brian. They're denying Jesus. Verse 12, be glad and rejoice because your reward is great in heaven. For that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Folks, I say all that to say this. There's no easy work for God. There's, there's not. There is nothing easy for God. If it was easy, this place would be full and the parking lot would be full and every church building around here would be full and they'd be no, they wouldn't need to be in uh, news on TV. It wouldn't need to be Fox, CNN. They'd be a Bible and they'd be writing about us. Just know this. You're not the first to be persecuted and you're not going to be the last. But everything you do for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will not be forgotten. If you would, let's stand and close in prayer this morning. God, I thank you for the men and women of this church. Father, I thank you for the men and women around the world that serve in you so faithfully with a full heart. Father, I think our eyes have been opened. God, I think there's a truth in your word that cannot be denied. Father, if there's someone that doesn't know you here today, and Lord, I let me back up. Jesus tells us that. We may know you, but does he know us? Have we given our full heart to God? I don't want anybody he to hear away from me for I never knew you. I want everybody to hear well done my good and faithful servant. Father, if there's a heart again that doesn't know you today I pray so hard for them let their heart be pierced with the word of the Lord. Lord, I thank you for all you've done for me. I thank you for saving my life. For giving me the gift at the end and the prize to run. Lord, I thank you for the trials. For it produces character. And character must go in full. Must run the full race so that we're lacking in nothing. Lord, be with this church. Lord, be with Pastor Tyler as he's traveling this weekend. Father, let us come again together tonight as we enjoy just some food and fellowship. But Lord, let it be done in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I love you. And I give it all to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in today. 
Remember, the greatest decision that you could ever make is to place your faith in Jesus Christ for salvation and begin a personal relationship with Him. Again, thanks for listening. God bless.